Well, here we are. Summer reading assignment completed. We're going to talk about Bunny, which was wild and has a lot to talk about. <laughs> so to start, heads up, big, big spoilers in this book. Yeah, there's no way to talk about this book without spoilers. No. So if you listen to this before you have read the book and you want to read the book, you are ruining major, major stuff. So go read and come back. And honestly, I think it is one of those books it's kind of best to go into with no idea. But also, I feel like nothing prepares you for it. Because if I try, (laughs) I feel like we're going to try to talk about this book and like, like what it's about. Because there's like, there's layers. There's like what it's really about. And then there's what's happening on the surface, but it's so bananas. Yeah, because I feel like this book is is potentially like two or three completely different secondary tertiary levels of the story, right? Like there's the literal plot and then there's what what the hell you make of it. And I think that there's really good interpretations. I've been doing a lot of reading uh, for a few different cases. But, so, just to kind of start with a premise. Yes. This is a book about a woman named Samantha who is in an MFA program in New England that is incredibly prestigious. And she is in this class with other creative writing students where it is just her and these five other women who are extremely clicky they're all kind of the same they call each other bunny extremely girly yes and she's kind of on the outside yes and not only are they extremely like typically feminine they're like they're all alike there's like little nuanced differences that the main character doesn't discover until she like you know joins their smut salon but on the outside like one of the lines is like they you know she would see them in group hugs so tight that it would be hard to tell like where one ended and another began. I also want to say this book was nominated for the Goodreads Choice Award Best Horror in 2019, and I actually got the wreck from TikTok. And I had been reading quite a bit of um, plot-driven horror. Um, that's just like where I was. And I picked this book up because it was pink (laughs) basically (laughs) yeah and I was like okay this is a horror novel it's pink with the silhouette of a bunny what is this and it's blurbed by Margaret Atwood so there was a lot about it that I was just like I had not seen this book when it came out anywhere I didn't notice it anywhere it was just when I fell into my deep deep horror tiktok book recommendation hole where I really discovered some really good books that it came across my feed and I read it. And then when I read it and you, like a year later, you brought up the idea for the series, which is awesome. Summer reading throwback to school days. And we had to pick a book for each other to read. I knew immediately this was the book I had to read for you because listeners, it has the same vibe. It is nowhere near like these books because these books aren't alike, but there is a vibe about them. And I want to say Catherine House has this vibe. Yeah. They are not alike. The writing isn't alike. I can't describe it. It's a feeling. And then I feel like her fearful symmetry kind of has this vibe. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a certain family of books that are very speculative, kind of what the fuck subgenre. 
that also like there's kind of a core element of characters are very real and multidimensional, but you often do not like like the author is not giving the reader explanations of any sort for what the characters are doing. Catherine House is a really good comp. I also okay, this is getting a little ahead, but I was really interested by how many different attempts to comp this book I was seeing because I was seeing Mean Girls, I was seeing Heathers, I was seeing Carrie. Uh, one review was comparing it to like Secret History meets Jennifer's Body, which is kind of a nutso combo in the first but place. But I see it though, oddly, you know? Right. But like in my head, I kind of got this vibe of um, like Frankenstein meets Family Fang meets Fight Club. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it's got that Catherine House vibe, I think, in the sense that the writing is just really good. Um, yeah. And it's it's like kind of got like the this whole literary. It's about an MFA program, but the writing kind of reminds me of that as well, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, 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 I get that. I can definitely, so I think it's funny to comp it to like a movie, to comp it to like Jennifer's Body. I totally get that, but it's funny to me too, because if this book, and I guess we have to actually talk what it about what it is eventually, but if this <laughs> book was a movie, I don't think it would, it would be bananas. Like, I'm not sure it would work, okay. like at all. Look. Okay. First of all, it has been optioned for a movie. I just saw this announcement on tour as I was kind of brushing up on this. I I guess it happened this spring. I mean, I would totally watch it. uh, With Bad Robot. So (laughs) that was interesting. Two, if this movie happens, I have, I was going to say request, but it's really more of a demand. And it's that this movie for these um, bunnies that they turn into these hybrids that they create, these romantic figures of these men with no hands I demand with no hands (laughs) I demand that each of these hybrid creatures be a different a-list actor who is presented without any explanation yes and then hacked to death yeah like okay so Ryan Gosling is on like Ken right (laughs) he would be perfect for this he would be amazing. Oh my god, the <laughs> the bunnies are kind of like kids, except with yeah bunny paws. Which, am I remembering correctly that all of the hybrids have names that are some sort of literary reference? I think so. It has been a minute since I've read the book. Yeah, and there's so much that goes on in this book that. Yeah. That does kind of strike, like, that's a memory. So, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, because I don't think I caught on to it right away. So I wasn't, like, checking every single box and cross-check, you know, cross-referencing it all. But I think they were all literary references. And, and like, I think one of the takes on this book, there's so much in it, uh, is this idea that it is about being in an MFA program, what it means to be a creative and to be putting so much of yourself into creating. Um, I went down deep on a <laughs> on a rabbit hole on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there's a whole thread of people who are like, I have no one to talk to about this book. And now I have to like, I have to share my thoughts about this book. And one of the interpretations on there was this idea that they are all just like, it's very much about creative process. And these girls have kind of singled Samantha out and not included her in past and and are really mean in their critiques of her in their course because Samantha is like the real deal. She is writing truly original creative stuff and they can't handle it and they want to best her in some way. And the only way they can do it is to tear her down. Like case in point, the way that she uses a swan to create Ava, the way that she creates a a stag to create her uh, hybrid guy, I forget his name, Uh, whereas they can only create things from the bunnies and not anything else. And then the literary references of their names sort of indicated that they were like leaning heavily on these creators that became before them and weren't be able to, they weren't able to create anything truly their own in that same way. Wow. Yeah, I haven't thought about it like that, but it makes sense. This truly is a book that you can peel back and keep peeling it back because yeah. I think it took me a while to come around to it because when I guess I was coming from a horror lens when I read this. And I was focusing more on how Samantha, the way it's written, you f- she's never really in any danger. But you kind of feel like she is the whole time you're reading it, even though there's no reason to really feel that way. And so I think I was focusing more on like this, like how did this author do this, this like craft aspect. Yeah. But, you know, I guess the actual creativity part and the MFA part was probably what I paid attention to the least. So that's very interesting. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to, like, reread it with that in mind because that does make sense. Uh, because the first time I read it, I was like, I, I didn't know if I liked it or not. I was like, 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 what is this? Is she making fun of girls who like pink? Is this, like, a not like other girls situation? But it's really not. It's. I think it's about loneliness, maybe, and not fitting in and being somewhere where you don't fit. Yeah. There's Yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely a, a really strong string through this that is about, you know, not being able to connect with your peers in the way that you feel you're supposed to be able to. Um, you know, it felt like um, Jonah the guy who kind of shows up throughout and is like very Midwestern friendly, <laughs> yeah. just kind of chugs along. Uh, where like even he is like awkward and can't quite like pick up on cues sometimes and stuff. But but yeah, and then there's this whole kind of ongoing thing of this this weird something had happened with the mentor for her program that she calls the lion, the Scottish guy. Yes. And you don't really know, I don't know that you ever really know, but until the end, you don't even know like what her perception of the event was that caused this weirdness between them. Yes. And it starts out feeling very predatory and there's a lot of very heavy romantic undertones and this power dynamic between them. And 
you know, she clearly feels like she's been very used in some way, but it's very unclear what that was. If there was like a sexual harassment dynamic or abuse dynamic or what, and it kind of peels away and peels away until you realize it was just a weird night. And there's another way to look at this entire story and what it's really saying that's like a totally different thing is nothing to do with writing at all. And that is about mental illness and schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. So if you remember, there is a scene where she's hanging out with Ava and there's a poster on the wall or someone's asking them questions or something where it is about the symptoms of schizophrenia. And Ava is sitting there being a smartass, like being really sarcastic, being like, oh, well, even I have this symptom and I have that symptom and I have that system. God, I guess I'm schizophrenic. Like rolling her eyes and being snarky and trying to make a point of like, this is dumb. But there's literally not a single reason for there to be a poster in that scene or for schizophrenia or any sort of anything like that to come up ever in this novel. And so as soon as I hit that scene, I went from thinking that this was some sort of arc that was going to end in a romantic thing between Samantha and Ava. And I started thinking, is this some Fight Club shit? (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know what it was going to end up being. Uh, in terms of the actual, uh, like, like Ava being created from a swan by Samantha herself. But I started going down that path of, like, I don't know what's real anymore. You know, and thinking of it like that kind of makes me wonder if Samantha's perception of the bunnies was even real. If any of the stuff that she experienced even happened. I feel like we need to give a quick, not full-on synopsis, but maybe like like a two-second overview of this book. Like we started, it's about Samantha. She is in this MFA program in this, is it this New England town? Is that where Mm -hmm. where it is? Yeah. And she's very lonely. She has one friend named Ava. And she went through this experience that we were talking about with the person that was, like, over her program. And then all the other women in her program are called Bunny. And that's kind of where we stopped. But that's, like, really where the story, like, just begins. So in her loneliness, I don't remember what triggers it initially. It has been a while since I read the book. I get a comment about that. But they sent her an invite to the smut salon. Okay. So the bunnies do a smut salon. Where you think the smut salon is they get together and they talk about smut. Smutty books. Sounds fun, right? I would go to the smut salon. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Like, you know, like like, what could go wrong? And this is where we find out at least according to Samantha, what the bunnies are really about. And they are not at all simply this pink-loving, hyper-feminine MFA clique. Do you want to take over from here? (laughs) Okay. You can have the fun part. So, yes. So they kind of feel Ava out a little bit and finally decide to let her in on this whole creative process thing they're doing which ends up being what they call workshop. I completely forgot they called it workshop. (laughs) But what they do is they capture a bunny or the bunny comes to them and then they sit in a circle in, in a method that is never explained 
create from this bunny an almost human man form golem sort of creature who is never quite right but sometimes they're they're close enough to right to kind of play the role of a date for one of these girls for a little while until they start to like short circuit and spontaneously combust and bite and, and stuff like that. Start acting like bunnies. Like yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes they have maybe a tail left over or you're like, for example, none of them ever have real hands. They always have gloved hands because there's nothing under them, I guess, except for the one that Ava eventually creates from the stag, Max, Max, that was the name, I think. Uh, he ends up having real hands. So again, one way to look at this is that they are very derivative, limited in their capabilities creatively in this workshop effort yeah. that they're doing. And Ava is able to create the real deal with real hands and real agency and all of that sort of stuff. And it's alluded to, but never fully explained that there might be a lot of bunny men in the basement. Because at yes. one point they, they take an axe and they have to kill their darlings. They have to kill the bunny men. But then it says there's some in the basement, so you don't really know. But like thinking about it as workshop and as this being their creative process is blowing my mind because I missed that. But it makes so much sense. Like I said, I had just read like a shit ton of plot-driven horror. And I'm like coming at this from a full-on surface level read this is a whole different sort of thing yes from what yeah like I would really struggle it's to really call it horror, horror. I, yeah. I kind of see why they would have done that but it's just really I struggle speculative with that. I it's just not that sort of of treatment yes um but if you like that let me also get into some of this other stuff because this blew my mind so if you think about this in terms of the uh, schizophrenia lens instead of the writing lens, and you start to really unpack this, there was one theory I found on Reddit where this is not a writing program at all. She is in a like a mental asylum, mm. and the bunnies are nurses. Because if you remember, they are constantly like creating special cocktails that are just for her. They are giving her little Tic Tac pills. I forgot about the Tic Tacs. Just throughout. Just throughout. And then if you go ahead and build on that more, the theory goes that the, uh, the hybrids, the bunny creatures, were in fact doctors, which would explain the gloves. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole... Isn't that weird? That is then so I started weird. thinking like, but what about all of the mini food? Is this like a cafeteria where they're giving them small port? Like what is going on? Because that wasn't something that the Redditor uh, connected the dots on. But that was like this one thing throughout the whole thing of like it, it was such a hoot. Like it, I got a kick out of it every single time. Like they would only go to this one restaurant, the Bunnies, where you could get mini cupcakes and mini... I don't know what else, but like everything on their menu was mini. And for some reason, this was a repeat event throughout the entire book over and over and over again. They needed to go to the mini restaurant. I forgot about that. It was like that. a delirium. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, it has been... EJ picked a book for me and that's what I've been reading. But um, isn't there the more she 
gets caught up in the bunny click because she basically joins this click and like buys into it because her friend Ava, the more time she, okay, this is really connecting the dots with the, this, this storyline because the more time she spends with the bunnies, she stops seeing Ava. She can't find Ava. Ava is gone. And doesn't she become more like the bunnies? Like they're accepting of her and aesthetically yeah. and stuff. She kind of becomes more at least similar to them. Until yeah. one day they're walking down the road and she, or the street to either go to the mini restaurant or go to a movie, I forget. And she like makes a break for it. And they keep like giving her their clothes to wear and stuff. Like at one point she's borrowing a dress from Cupcake. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. And so she's like assimilating into them for a while. And the other characters, like the side characters, the window dressing in the story that you see, you don't see a lot of other students and other just regular people, but they the author does point out there's like a lot of homeless people and like um also I'm not saying homeless people are dangerous, but there's dangerous people and there's homeless people and there's yeah. people that are like on outsiders. hard times. Yeah, other uh-huh. outsiders. And I wonder if these could be like the other patience it could be yeah yeah and I also wonder if the author is like this isn't what my book is about at all like what are y'all talking about (laughs) because if you read this book I would love to talk to her about this I would would track her in a corner oh my gosh hours yes if that's not a great pitch to come talk to us on the podcast I don't know yes come on tripped out because it it, (laughs) oh bunny (laughs) um (laughs) Because I never thought of it this way, but now that, like, you've said it, that is absolutely how I'm interpreting it. Uh-huh. Isn't it crazy? It, it and is. And then, sorry, I have to keep going. No, like, it's okay. The keep, whole thing is so crazy. And so, like, the lion starts to make a lot more sense in that context because whatever happened between them, I think she kind of showed, like, it's like she tipped her cards about being schizophrenic or something. And he saw something in her that he could clearly see was, like, not like mentally healthy mm-hmm. and like just totally ran in the other direction. And then Jonah, again, this one I have to credit to the the Redditor, but kind of seemed to serve as a, a foil to her. Like he had his kind of demons in his own head and talked pretty openly about some suicide and depression issues in particular, but he seemed to be balanced. He could function in the world. He was on medication, like things like that. And so it seemed like that it, it kind of supported this feel of like a, a tug and pull between them of she, like he seemed very pleasant, right. but also a little bit empty and she didn't want to be like him. Yes. But it was like this fear of like, there's a yes. few place, places too where she talks about not wanting to go on medication for some things that she knew she was dealing with, like depression, because she didn't want to lose her creative edge and just like it. Ugh. You know, if this is an exploration of like mental illness, this is, I don't even know. It's wild. Like that the author could think this, I'm kind of in awe of her brain because to write this book, like it makes sense in that context, but I would have never thought let's explore mental illness with a writing workshop, but Oh, guess what? Bunny creatures. Like it's yes. just bananas, <laughs> but just some bunnies that turn into, but that men. does like make total sense about the, um, the guy being like her foil 
Yeah, because I know that is a big, like, when someone needs to get on medication or needs medication for mental illness for the first time, there's a lot of, like, touch and go and finding the right meds and, like, you're kind of scared and is this going to change my personality? And then, like, you have to try a lot of stuff before you find what works. It's like a, it's a real fear. So this would be a way to explore that and convey that. This is blowing my mind. Like I'm working it out as I'm talking to you because I did not connect this at all. Like when I read it. Crazy stuff. Like it's such a layer. Like if you just follow the literal plot, it's pretty straight. Like it's complex, but it's straightforward to follow. But then you start to go like, what, what did I just read? And like the layers and the different, like it's like a, um, kaleidoscope sort of a thing yes. like there's certain parts of it where it's very clearly about creative process or even just like a satire of an mfa program and then there's other parts where i'm like this is this is all schizophrenia she's just in a hospital the entire time but like none of it quite fits together too tidily to just tuck it into that one box okay and by the way i have to circle back because you were talking about what prompts the initial invite from the bunnies to Samantha. Mm-hmm. So I got so caught up in this book that I also made my sister read it. And she, she pointed something out to me just yesterday that blew my mind because I totally missed it at first. Because there's never really an explanation given outright for why the bunnies invite her after ignoring her all the year before and kind of picking on her in critique. But her invitation is delivered to her in the shape of an origami swan. Oh, wow. And so my sister's theory was that somehow they knew that Samantha had created Ava from a swan, and thus she was doing the same like creative hybrid thing that they were, but better. Right. She was, yeah, she was doing, she was workshopping in her own way. She was workshopping Without by herself. even, is that, like, Totally missed it. Okay, because listeners, also the thing you should know about these bunnies, like we said that they make them as like dates, but it's really more than that. They make like these creepy dances, like with decorations and snacks, and they force the bunnies to like dance with them. And like the girls that call each other bunnies, not the the literal bunnies, but the bunnies, (laughs) the girl bunnies, they have little arguments about oh, well, this one's better. Well, you have to do better. Well, it's your turn to kill them. Well, you seem like you enjoy it too much. Like, it gets bonkers just on a surface level, even. Yeah. I'm going to have... This this definitely warrants a reread now that I have a new way of thinking. (laughs) I know. I have to read it again, too. It's crazy. But even if you set all of that aside there is so much just really good writing on like a sentence level in this book like at one point she talks about their nails are like painted like a color of poison or something like there's so many little tiny things that are just done so perfectly well right oh i yeah. <laughs> When I picked up this book, I did not even read the blurb. I did not have a clue. <laughs> I had just read a whole lot of, well, I had read, I had, okay, to be fair, I had driven, read like plot-driven fiction, but I had also read some literary fiction and I had read a couple of books that were translated into English. So my head was all over the place. But right before this, I had read like some horrible 80s whatever book 
And I was, I was like, this is, like, I needed to purge my brain. And I was like, this is pink. It's a bunny. Like, <laughs> what could this? Yeah. yeah, no. No. <laughs> it was the weirdest and thing. now this lives in your brain and forever. And it's pretty, it's a pretty short read. Like, you can yeah. read it pretty quick. Like, it's not, I feel like it's not very long. Um, or maybe I just read it really fast. But I don't think it was very long. So I tore through it and I set it down. And I didn't have anybody, like the people on the internet had nobody to talk to about it. I tried to explain it to my husband and I was like, this is just the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever read. But let me tell you, right after this, I read a book called Earthling and it quickly bumped Bunny out of the way. And that's the weirdest book I've ever read. But if you read that book, you really have to read the trigger warnings before you read it. It is Who very, that? Who's um, that author? it is a Japanese author. Let me see. It has a, it's a. Got a little hedgehog on the cover. If it's the if it's weirder than Bunny, I gotta read it. Sayaka Murata. S-A-Y-A-K-A-M-U-R-A-T-A. And well, just it's not okay, so like how Bunny attacks like these deeper themes, but there's like this level of humor there. Or maybe not humor, but like wit. I don't know how really to describe it. It's humor, but it's not making fun of anything. It's just like, I mean, you have these this clique of girls making bunny men, so there's humor there, right? Earthling is... There's no humor there. <laughs> there's no humor there. There's sadness okay. and despair, and just read the trigger warnings, and okay. you'll be fine. But it's very... You could have a conversation. It's, it's got layers also. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying excited. to stay on topic. I just put it in my Libby queue. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> it's so weird. All right. Well, Bunny. Bunny. I think that is all of my thoughts. This was a fantastic recommendation. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I thought you would like it because <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was like, you know, who needs to read this book? EJ Winstrom. And it's mm-hmm. really funny because... I'm like, I know you read a lot. Well, you read a lot of books. Like, you read wide. Like, so I don't want to, like, pin you down to anything. But you you love fantasy and you love science fiction. Like, that's your love. And that's really... This book has speculative elements, but I wouldn't call it either one of those things. But there was something about it when I read it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, she would like this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah. It's it's dark and bizarre and, and hard to explain. That's something that goes in my stack. I like, I like anything that's dark that's juxtaposed on an aesthetic that's like pink and frilly and has like miniature cupcakes and big blonde hair and anything that puts those things together works for me yep i mean obviously i wrote my serial killer book (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you because i'm very glad i read that excellent recommendation And next time we're back, we'll be talking about How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe by Charles Yu. Yes, I cannot wait to talk about this book. So excited. And if you are going to read Bunny, I, like, listeners, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So find us on social and let us know because I feel like, I feel like the book has a cult following. But there's not a lot of people talking about this book, which is bizarre because it's blurbed everywhere and it's like all positive. But if you've read it, I would love to know because I, like, are we missing a take? Is there something? Yeah. Cause I feel like there's a million yeah. takes and a lot you know of what I mean? Like it's a book catch. that just keeps going. All right. Well, this was fantasy girls podcast. It's been a minute. 
and I just drew a blank. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been and a minute. This is, and this is Fantasy Girls. This is Fantasy Girls. <laughs> we'll see you next year.